All right, people, let's do this one last time. This is the way. Who am I? I am Iron Man. Romamu, I've come to bargain. We know each other. He's a friend from work. You may be wondering why the red suit. Well, that's so bad guys can't see me bleed. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Beware my power. Green Lantern's life. That is America's ass. Language. Hey, you know what? There's another name you might know me by. Star-Lord. Who? Star-Lord, man. Legendary outlaw. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. I am inevitable. Stop right there. I'm in. Welcome, everybody, back to the Flavor of the Geek podcast, where we talk about all things geek. My name is Matthew, and I'm joined today, as always, by Stephen Reyes. How you doing today, Stephen? Man, I am doing so good right now. I mean, <laughs> we just finished watching two episodes of Last of Us in the last, mm-hmm. I think, two and a half days, and I am just, just excited because... I never thought that we would be able to get something so spectacular. But you know what? How are you oh, doing, man. Matthew? How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, we would just watch the la- episode three on Saturday, I think it was, and then episode four yesterday. So it was kind of really back to back. So it was it was really nice. And I, uh, yeah, but I'm personally doing good. I mean, work's been busy, but other than that, it's just... Uh, been a normal couple weeks but other than we went to go see you guys down in florida so that was fun you did that was really fun that was a fun time yeah (laughs) (laughs) went to disney and then went over to uh and then we saw your play we saw little women the play that you were in is it would would it be considered a play or is it a theater performance What, what would you consider it i would consider it a musical adaptation okay um okay musical yeah Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I was thinking about how to word it. I was like, it's probably not a play anymore. It's probably more of a, yeah, like a theater adaptation or musical adaptation. Perfect. So that's good. It was really good. I really I really enjoyed it. Did Did you enjoy doing it? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, I did. Yeah, for anybody who's uh, listening here. So um, I did theater for a very long time. I ended up uh, majoring in theater for four years at uh, URI. And after the pandemic hit, I stopped doing theater, and um, this is my first show in three years, and so going into the rehearsal process again, meeting new people and getting the script and all that, it was it was overwhelming at first just because mm-hmm. I thought I was out of my element compared to everybody else, but everybody was very welcoming, um, and if I had any questions, the director or the actors, the crew members, they would assist me in any way they could, and... We had our opening weekend last weekend. You went to that. Mom went to that. Um, mm-hmm. It was it was very, very satisfying to get back on that stage. I'm not going to lie. Um, and my, uh, my respect for, for theater and for um, the actors and crew members who take it on like this all the time it is it has raised exponentially because like the the lead character Joe mm-hmm. the actress playing her she's phenomenal i mean she's on the stage almost the entire time and then after after doing all these big monologues all these songs all this stuff 
going on, she has to run backstage, change, like do a very, very quick change mm-hmm. um, for the next scene. And then she goes back on stage. I'm like, dude, I'm not doing half as much as you are right now. <laughs> and I respect you so much for it. Like everybody else is is crushing it right now. And we have five more shows, one on Thursday, and then we have a two-show uh, day on Saturday, and then a last show on Sunday. But this weekend was tiring. Yeah. And if I'm saying that and I'm – not even doing I'm not even putting in a fourth of the of the work that some of the other actors are in because they are in more scenes or in their more um, musical numbers mm-hmm. um, I can just you can just imagine like how tired they must be because they do this all the time yeah. and maybe that helps maybe their stamina from doing three to four shows in like a month or two um, different shows different productions um maybe that just helps them build up their stamina to do all that at once but man i'm t- i'm tired yeah, <laughs> I was, I like we had a two sh- we had a two show day on saturday and after the first show i was like we're done right like, we have we another can, show we can go seven. home now like, no <laughs> i want to nope. go but, nope but yeah we we did a thing we did a thing that's and, right uh, that's right yeah so would you do any more shows after you finish this one this weekend oh yeah for yeah? sure definitely okay. yeah it's not even a question i uh i i mean i was i was asked to do uh the next show that the director that i'm working with now is doing is godspell but the oh, thing is really? yeah um and i would have been able to do it however rachel's wedding is during closing weekend like the oh, like geez. the last two performances so i wouldn't be able to, to take it off and, and the director said ah oh, well um we want to be accommodating. It's just two shows like that. It's important. We don't have any like understudies or anything, so right um, that we would make that work. And I was like, that sucks. I would love to, but um, mm-hmm. even though I won't be in that show, it still opens up a lot of other doors for me. I can start auditioning again because I haven't auditioned in three years. Um, right. It's, uh, it's opening up more doors. I'll, it'll be very busy next upcoming months. Yeah. All right, well, good luck out there. <laughs> Thank you. But to the actual topic that we all want to discuss. That's right. Topics. Yes, so we have a bunch of different things to talk about today. I'm just going to run down a real quick what we're going to talk about that way. If you want to skip around throughout the podcast, the time codes will be below be below in the, in the subject line there. So uh, we got The Last of Us. We're talking about episode three and four. We're talking about our predictions and what we want to see from Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, as well as we're talking about a little bit of updates for Fantastic Four, uh, talking about the Penguin series, and we're going to break down the DC Universe, uh, the one that James Gunn just announced, the 11 projects. So we're going to get into it right now, starting with The Last of Us. So let's go. All right. <laughs> Sound like a ghost. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to start with episode three because, again, we didn't we were in Florida. So and Stephen was very busy. So we didn't get to record while we were down in Florida. So episode three, uh, which is more of a, a Bill and Frank survival story, kind of more of a Bill survival story. Uh, but yes, it's takes place in the past i guess you could say it takes place about 20 years prior to the main story with ellie and joel right so it happens right after the fall 
Uh, he's hiding in his little bunker. Uh, Bill, I'm talking about Bill. Bill's hiding in his little bunker, and then all of a sudden the the soldiers come in. They're taking all the people, probably to put them in a mass grave, unfortunately. But you never see those people again, or the soldiers. And then Bill starts doing his thing with his survival. So he goes to Home Depots and he goes to the the water plant and all the other places. Like he stocks up on gas, and it's just uh, some something very smart to do during a during <laughs> during a apocalypse like that. So, but he he did pretty well. And then, how long was it after he met Frank? It was. Uh, at least four years, I right? Thought, I thought it was four years, and then yeah, right. They, after they they meet, I think they do like a six year time jump, and then a four year time jump, and then another like four year time jump. I think. Uh, well, a, based off I remember it, so it jumps forward four years after the start of the of. I keep wanting to say pandemic, but it, the apocalypse <laughs> after. Yeah. I guess it, I guess technically is a pandemic, but uh, so it jumps four years after that. That's when he meets Frank, and then it jumps three years after that. And that's when he's like, oh, I want to bring people in, right? They meet Joel and that's Tess. Right. Yeah. And then it jumps three years after that, after um, – and then he that's when he gets shot. Uh, Bill gets shot. So that's that's 10 years after the start of the thing. And then 10 years after – it jumps like another 10 years after Bill gets shot. And that's when uh, Frank is dying. By the way, spoiler, spoiler alert. Like 16 years. <laughs> huh? By the way, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Oh, okay. Hold on. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Just in case you're listening and you're like, what the fuck? This is spoilers. What is he talking about? <laughs> this is all yes. spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that's the time jumped stuff we got going on here. Uh, but Stephen, let's let's jump to you. What are your thoughts on episode three for uh, for Last of Us? Okay, um, episode three was arguably one of the best episodes in television I have ever seen, and mm-hmm. that is what a lot of other people are saying. I'm not jumping on their bandwagon or anything. Like when I watched it, it gave me multiple emotions. It gave me uh, moments of nostalgia um, because I was seeing a character that I um, that I really liked in the, the first Last of Us game. Um, I was seeing him for the first time in the series, uh, and then it brought me through a whole whirlwind of emotions. I was confused because I thought to myself, "This is not how the game went." No. And then, <laughs> at the same time, I thought, "Wow, this is a very interesting take on Bill's character, on Frank's character, who we never meet in the game." So, when I'm going through this episode. I'm astonished by what they're able to pull out of nothing because they gave us no real detail on Frank and Bill's relationship. In the game, it's about it it feels more like a, a love-hate relationship because Frank in the game, he grows tired of Bill's um like stern personality where he's like, "Oh, we have to protect this whole town and seal ourselves off to the rest of the world and nobody can get through and all the traps, yada, yada, yada. Like, all that mm-hmm. thing. He said that in a letter to Bill from Frank when he's leaving with the fucking car battery and all that, he says, I'm grown tired of this. I will, If I have to... He's like, he's like, I'd rather fight myself with 
the zombies and stuff like that than have another day with you. Dang. Like, it was a love-hate relationship. You see that they definitely hated each other at, at moments. But then when it came to seeing Frank's body hung from a ceiling fan with bites on him, you see Bill get a little bit, you know, teary-eyed. So there was something there. That's all you're given. You see Bill struggle to come to terms with what's going on. That's not what we got in the, at this episode. I was so ready for Bill's town, for us, for um, Joel and Ellie to go through the fucking town to um, to experience all the different deadly traps that Bill has set. Ask Bill for the favor. Frank's already dead. And we go from there to the school, fight a bloater, and we get the car battery and we move on to Pittsburgh. But that's <laughs> not what we got. And you know what? At first, I was a little bummed we didn't get to see that. But now, I'm okay with it. I, I have come to terms with that because this show is doing something that I was not expecting. I was so content with having the game, having the show go shot for shot with what the game did. At first, it seemed like we were going to get that. It seemed like in the first episode, outside of the first scene before the intro started in the first two episodes, mm-hmm. we were getting almost shot for shot from the game. Aside from like taking out a couple of um, scenes just to make room for bigger things. like We were, <laughs> we were not ready for this. <laughs> I was not ready for this because then all comes out of nowhere. They have redone certain scenarios in the game and they've put it on the screen for us. And I'm blown away because now in the actual show, they give us the full Bill and Frank story. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing like we would have pictured because I was under the impression as soon as they met that they would have been done with each other in the next like few years and then you know we've just been fighting all the time no real relationship and anything like that but no the freaking people who who wrote the script for this fucking episode i give them props because they made me sad (laughs) they made me very very sad because spoiler alert i'm gonna say it now spoiler alert spoiler alert unlike the game where Bill survives and moves on with his life after Joel and Ellie pass through the town. They don't even get to the town. And Bill and Frank are done. Yeah. And when I say done, I don't mean, oh, they're done in their relationship. No. It was a very heartbreaking story because they were together for almost i think 16 years yep 16 in a relationship where they would have some like heated arguments here and there but from the beginning like frank brought out an entirely different side of bill because bill was that stern hard-faced personality at first from what we saw in the game and then frank pulls out bill's inner side his caring loving side and i never thought i'd see that and i just have to say right now nick offerman holy shit i didn't know if i would be i didn't know if i'd believe him playing this role if that were he was amazing he was absolutely amazing 
I believed their relationship the entire time, and every time they jumped forward and new things were happening, whether it be, what was it, the uh, the strawberries? The strawberries oh, yeah, being yeah. planted, or um, them sitting and, and Bill making his famous uh, first meal, and then them meeting uh, Joel and Tess. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was really fun. And then at the, at the end... When Frank is dealing with with his his illness, and he says it's time for him, I'm like, oh, okay. So this is how Frank goes, and then Bill's gonna be there when Joel and Tess, not uh, Joel and Ellie, get there. Nope. But then all of a sudden, he said, "You put it in both glasses. The poison that was supposed to kill, yeah, po- enough to kill a Frank. horse." Enough to kill a horse, he and Bill reveals that he put it in both glasses, and he said, "What we're gonna do? We're gonna go to our room, and lock the doors, and sleep with each other one last time." And they never even show it. You know what? I'm glad they didn't even go into that room. There was a letter that said, "Please do not." As soon as Joel and Ellie get to Bill's town, they get through the gate, they go to the house. All of a sudden. You get this letter, and it says, do not go in the, this room. Yeah. And it explains why. And it, say, <laughs> it says, Joel, if you're the person who finds me, which you most likely are going to be, please do not do this. There are supplies everywhere. Take what you need and what you want. And, you know, I lived my life. I am happy with how I went. You know, all that stuff like that. I was so shocked. And you know what? There was a tear coming down my face when... Uh, <laughs> All, this whole episode was done because I didn't see it coming. I thought we were sticking to the script, and they didn't stick to the script once. No, not in this even episode. a little it bit. Was, no, they just went for it. They did their own thing, and you know what? That's a very bold thing to do because there are certain times when a video game adaptation or some other adaptation doesn't stick to what the original did in certain moments, and they get so much heat for it. But you know what? I give them a credit because, man, they turned me, a person who was obsessed with this video game, they turned me, in the beginning of the episode of being mad they weren't sticking to the script, to me praising them for not sticking to the script because it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like how long it'll be before I watch the episode again. But you know what, man? It gets me emotional talking about it just because just, oh. Fuck, doing all of that for the person you love is just beautiful. It yeah. really was, especially during a fucking like zombie outbreak or like the end of the world already at, at hand. And you know, you have at first. I'm not gonna lie to you. I thought Frank was creepy. I was like, "What are you doing, dude? <laughs> You're gonna try to hurt him because this this doesn't make any sense to me." But then he started. He actually makes a move when Bill's talking about the girl. He and he goes, "There was no girl." And Frank goes, "I know." And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, man. And then it happens out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, here we are. This relationship has started. It has commenced. And I'm like, whoa. Okay. So this enti- that entire episode from start to finish was just a... I don't want people to, to hate me for this, for, saying, for using this word lightly, but a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have watched... And this is just me. 
you know, other people might think this. I watched 11 seasons of of The Walking Dead, okay? <laughs> I had never seen an episode like this in that really? show where it made me care so much about these characters. Like, they were great action sequences, don't get me wrong. They were really cool emotional moments here and there, especially in the first few seasons of Walking Dead. But there was nothing like this, you know? Yep. And I might be giving The Last of Us too much credit, but you know what? I think it's deserved. I think it's owed. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We are on another episode on Friday. And yeah, that's right. And this is just going to blow our minds away. It really is. They've done a great job so far, and the the pacing they're going in is perfect. Yeah, I agree. And it's, realistically, it's good that they kind of they're deviating from the, the storyline a little bit from the game because ultimately it's going to still have it most likely is going to still have the end uh, the end conclusion. I guess you could say uh, it started it started pretty much the same. It's probably going to end pretty much the same, but everything in between. It, they gotta make they gotta adapt it to a TV show where it's actually interesting, right? Because they yeah, if they did it the way the game you do it in the game where you're just like running around a forest or just picking up things and like t- like collecting things because that's really that was really most of the games just collecting different things to in order to build other weapons later, right? So <laughs> so if they can't they can't do that in the show, but they they definitely make these things interesting because I'm glad what we the way what we got from Bill and Frank, and we we got to see how they met Tess and Joel. We also got to see how long Tess and Joel were together because they were together quite a long time, longer than I actually thought they were. So they had a a def, definite relationship, like they pretty much called call them married, I guess. Tess and Joel, but the main part of the episode is is Frank and Bill, and of course they get married right the, the day they die, which I'm surprised they yeah. didn't get married earlier. But I was like, why did you wait 20 years or 16 years to get married, dude? <laughs> you could have done that. Yeah, could have done that, that years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seemed pretty clear that they were a ride and die crew together. Right. So exactly. I it would have made sense to me to get married earlier, but you know what? Fuck it. I uh I guess that it was even more heart wrenching when they decided to get married on their death day. It's just Yeah. Uh, well yeah hit, and then it hit hard. And then yeah, like you said, Bill fills up the wine bottle with the enough drugs to kill a horse and then he pours it into his glass and then downs it right after Frank does. So uh yeah. That was that was a very special episode, and Nick Offerman did a great job. So did the other actor, who the other actor I don't know his name, but I know I just saw him in White Lotus season one, so that's that's how I knew who he was. And I think he's in a his, uh, couple. His other name things. is Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett, yeah, he's a really good actor. So they're they're both very good actors, and for, yeah, Nick Offerman's in a lot of great cra- crazy crap, but. Yeah, any other final thoughts on this episode three, Stephen, before we move on to episode four? Uh, no, that's all okay. I got. So episode four takes place literally right after episode three, where they take the truck that uh, that Bill leaves them was, along with all this other stuff. And like you had mentioned earlier, they're in the game, they're going towards Pittsburgh. But for some reason, I don't remember why the director said this, but they changed it to going to Kansas City. So I'm, I'm guessing there's a reason at some point while this will happen. I think he mentioned that, that the buildings were bigger in Kansas City. I think he mentioned, but 
this episode is pretty freaking crazy. They give a lot of backstory to characters we didn't get backstory from in the game, of course. So, because I know in the game, these the bad this bad crew, the people, I guess they're called. Um, they they don't really I have just call them hunters. The hunters, yeah, they don't have names. They're yeah. just people who are hunting um, Sam and Henry, right? So they're hunting yeah. Sam and Henry, yeah. but. I'm going to let you go off on a tangent here. Go off and talk about episode four. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we watched it last night, and I had to meet myself a couple of times because I was telling Emily <laughs> some backstory from the game so that mom wouldn't hear it. But I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So when, it's when they're on on the highway in the truck, and all of a sudden you see all the cars in the way. I'm like, oh, shit. Here we go. This, gonna, <laughs> this is about to go down. They're going to ambush them. And then... Instead of, you know, what usually happened was them backing up and then taking the route right next to it. Mm-hmm. He instead turned around to go around and through the city. I was like, okay, that's different from what the game was. And then you see, oh, help me. Help that me. happened yes. in the game. Here's the, yeah, I was like, yes, here's the ambush. I was expecting the fucking bus because in the uh, the game, a bus hits Joel and Ellie's car. Granted, I'm starting to see them do do things more realistically because in the right. game I'm pretty sure they're dead at that point if they get hit by a bus. <laughs> so uh, they didn't do that. They did not hit get hit by a bus. They just used these spikes to clear their tires out and then they crash into a laundry mat, which was not accurate. They crash into a uh, a convenience store. How dare they? <laughs> anyway, I won't rant about that one too much, but they. They did something I was not expecting them to do in this in this episode, and I said that in the last <laughs> for the last episode too. But they just keep surprising me. It's like, uh, what the heck's that guy from uh, Moana? The, oh, uh, um, the clam. Oh, the clam. You talking about the crab? The, the uh, crab. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Well, yeah. So I was like, you can't run away from me, and then all of a sudden she does like, oh, maybe you can. You keep surprising me. That's what it. <laughs> In my mind, that's what my voice was. I was like, oh, crap, you keep surprising me. So he, um, whoever created this episode, whoever made this episode, I wrote the entire thing down and said, this is what's happening. I'm like, I got to give you props because in the game, this arc, the or this chapter, the Pittsburgh arc, as they call it in the game, um, is one of the most annoying arcs in the entire game. I will say that. Just because... You get ambushed by these hunters, and then throughout the entire chapter, which is a very long chapter, you are having to go through hunter territory, destroy multiple, to kill multiple people. They have to go through a fucking hotel to get through to where the bridge is on the other side of Pittsburgh, and you fall down a elevator shaft, and you have to take down all these different infected, which is one of the scariest moments oh, in the fucking yes. game. I hate it so much. That's Because right. it was the first time. It was the first time you get to see lurkers. Now, for anybody in the, who knows the game, lurkers are different from the regular infected. Because the infected, they will run at you right away. Then you have clickers who have ultrasonic hearing. And they will just kill you right away if they, if they get their hands on you. A bloater, they throw acid. They're huge. They have the phase of a clicker, but they're just massive, and they if they get to you, they can crush you easily. Mm-hmm. And then you have lurkers. Lurkers are the scariest motherfucking things I've ever seen. Because <laughs> you, t- 
I just remember the first time I was seeing it, I turned around in pitch darkness, and then all of a sudden you see a fucking zombie looking at you, an infected looking at you, and then he makes a sound, and he runs away from you. I'm like, oh, no. And I always shit myself. I was like, no way. Oh, God. <laughs> and you have to fucking go through and turn a generator on all while watching your back for like three or four different lurkers to come at you and attack you at different moments. It's fucking sporadic. Yep. And uh, that was so anxiety inducing yeah those anyway those were not that was not a fun that was probably the scariest uh like f- chapter i guess in the game because falling down the elevator shaft then you have to go through different parking garages and stuff and then you i think you're, right. in a, you're in a hospital right like during that time uh in a hospital wasn't it a um, hospital because don't, don't you have to it was go a, through it was a hotel oh Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm thinking about hotel. something different. I'm thinking about the time yeah. where they, where he has to go through. I'm not sure if this was the first one, or second, second game because I played them right after the That's other. Dope. But he, there's, I think it's. I'm not sure if it's Joel, Ellie, or the hell, Abby, but they're stuck in. Um, might be Abby. Oh, they're stuck in. That's, he's that's stuck Abby. in like that's a hospital or something. Yep. Yeah. So they have to they have to keep jumping levels. I remember that. That's a fucking long tower, right? I think I think that yeah. was a, a, a hospital. That, that was some that was some scary shit too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this, but, we're talking about this one. Yeah. So, in the no, game, yeah. in, in the it, game. But maybe that that yeah. might happen next week. Who knows? That'll be scary, dude. <laughs> maybe that'll be real. That scary. That would be. Um. So yeah, in this episode, I. I first see the hunters and I'm like, ah, oh, okay, here are the bad guys that I'm gonna learn to hate for the next maybe two episodes. And so far, I'm on that track. Uh, well, you're starting to see some characters being de- developed through the hunters, and I was not ex- expecting that at all. I thought it was just gonna be Joe and Ellie the entire time, shot for shot, boom, boom, boom. You know, every them fighting their lives against these hunters. I didn't think they were going to give any scenes, devote any scenes to the hunters or their 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 leaders, you know. Mm-hmm. But they have they have something against Sam and um and Henry. And I'm like, how the fuck did they already know him? Like, but they're going to explain that later on. But at first I was like, wait, are they trying to make the hunters good guys? Cuz the way that she, the girl's talking at first, I'm like, oh, so they're trying to humanize them and say that they're good guys, and so there's going to be some misunderstanding. But then, no. As soon as she walks back and kills the doctor, I was like, oh, no, you're a terrible person. Got yep. it. Yep. All right. Thank you very much. Moving on. It's all perspective. Like like Mom said last night, like, it's, like, the, they, like, Joel did some terrible things, too, right? So has, so has Ellie, probably. Like, it's just all perspective, right? It's up to who you're... Whose side you're watching? Because if we were on the side of the, of these guys, what are they called again? The hunters. Hunters, yeah. Then maybe we would have we would think they're actually good because maybe we'll actually see what the doctor did and we'll be like, okay, you know, no fucks, boom, killed. So I don't know. Mm. And the the, no, the bearded guy seems pretty cool. I mean, he seems pretty chill. Uh, I really hope he doesn't die. He probably will die though. Uh, so continue. Well, I apologize. Fun fact. Yeah, thank you. Fun fact, I'm pretty sure the bearded guy from what I think it was Mom said yesterday, he actually voices Tommy, Tommy in right. the, the Last of Us game. Right. So they're starting to bring in those cameos. Soon we're gonna we're gonna see the uh, voice actors um, who played both Joel and Ellie. They might not be in the same scene, but from what we've been told, they're going to make an appearance, which. 
I love that yeah. poetic uh, part of the of the uh, TV show and doing that kind of thing. But nice. uh, I think the most important part of this episode, aside from them being ambushed in Kansas City instead of uh, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I uh, I think the most important part in this episode was that Joe and Ellie are starting to really bond. Mm-hmm. And I know what comes later on. There's a very harsh fight that happens between them that, you know, it, 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 it hit hard to me when I had to listen to it multiple times in the game. But... Um, we're starting to see them develop chemistry. Joel's laughing at Ellie's very bad jokes now. That's cool. Um, Did and you know diarrhea was hereditary? Yeah, it runs, it in, runs, your in, the it runs in your yeah. jeans. It runs in your jeans. Yeah. It's like, that's not funny. It's like, but you're laughing. He's like, no, I'm not. It's like, yay, they're bonding. And then he, and then all of a sudden they get sort of ambushed again but this time it's by the two characters that we come to love i guess uh henry and sam at the end of the episode they are held at gunpoint and i'm like yes and i know most people wouldn't be excited to be held at gunpoint but i was very excited to see them holding up them up at gunpoint because i was like yay <laughs> so unless the does so, that happen sorry, in the game i don't remember how they met in the game but. So, actually, yeah. So it was right after the hotel um, scene that you finally get out of. You're going through the city, and you have to climb this um, apartment building to get to the other side because they had this tank. The hunters have this freaking tank driving around. So he decides to, Joel and Ellie decide to go out the window on the ledge, and they start to like, sneak around, and they get into a different building. And that's when... Um, Joel is grabbed by Henry and he has a knife at him and then he, like Joel starts punching him punching him punching him and then he looks up because Ellie tells him to stop and Sam has a gun and he says leave him alone and he's like I thought you were one of them until I saw a uh, until I saw her with you in case you're not wondering in case you're wondering they don't exactly keep kids around they think it's there it's too much cargo or whatever I'm like oh okay well, huh. they didn't do that necessarily. I can see why, because it's very unrealistic that they would actually be uh, climbing a ledge to get from one place to the other. Yeah. Uh, another deadly situation that would probably not work out too well in real <laughs> life. So uh, it made it made more sense that they were like they were camping in a uh, a high apartment building. I think it was like the thirty sixth floor or something like that. Out yeah, forty something. I think so. Yeah, but, 30, 35, 36, something like that. That they were yeah. on, which was crazy. My guess, yeah, my guess is that the same um, a building that Ham and Henry, Sam and Henry are staying at, and so they uh, they heard something or they saw them go in, and they they think maybe they're after us. I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know, but we have a good like three days until the next episode comes out and we will find the answer and also we will be finally introduced to bloaters yep that's right that's yeah. that's under, right. The, under the ground in that same uh in that apartment or yep building i guess i think it was the same building yeah yep yep um yeah then they're starting to get a little bit more violent in the show so it's it's getting there dude i th- I I have a feeling, and this is definitely a big spoiler if you haven't played the games, but 
I, I have a feeling the reason why they're kind of holding back on the violence now is because that last episode when they're in the hospital with Ellie, I think, I don't know, just based on how the game turned out, I think it's going to be very, very violent. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for that final episode. They have to do that one right. That that was one of the craziest parts of that game was going through that hospital. But <clears throat> no, yeah, I, I agree. And I think um, I think it's smart on the writer's part to not rush it with the violence the way that we are expecting them to because you know there are certain moments in the game like one and two where the violence can be a little bit too much you know Mm -hmm. it's very gory very scary all that and they don't i don't think they want to overdo it just yet i think they want to save up that for some of the more key moments some very scary or very brutal moments later on the game like you said the hospital scene is one another one i would say would be when Ellie is on her own, that's a very tough one to uh, to swallow. Um, when she has to defend herself against that creep, mm-hmm. um, I don't remember his name at the moment, and I don't want to. But uh, there, there's going to be some brutal moments. I think they're probably going to show her kill against that guy. So, okay, I think that's going to be more impactful. Like those scenes will be more in- impactful. With that gore, with that that extra spark, knowing that they didn't rush it with the brutality early on. Right. Exactly. Uh, all right. Well, that was a lot of Last of Us. We do you have any final thoughts before we move on from this? Uh, no, no. Okay. Well, I'm excited for episode five, which we're getting on Friday because the Super Bowl. I'm not sure if I can say Super Bowl. I'm pretty sure I can. I'm not getting paid to do this. So, yeah, Super Bowl on Sunday. is So they decided not to air on the same day, which makes sense because they would want more viewers. So that's releasing on Friday. So we'll talk about that probably early next week. And so I guess the next topic is the Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So... premiere for the movie was last night so all the youtubers and podcasters and marketing people they all were able to go see this movie last night uh, at the red carpet premiere and this movie comes out next week the 16th of february just in case you're wondering today is february 7th so about uh about nine days until we get to see this movie Uh, a lot of good reviews i haven't actually read the actual reviews but i've read that there's been it's all been positive. All the reviews have been positive. So I am looking forward to seeing this movie because the direct says it's like an Avengers-level movie. And we did get confirmation that there's two post-credit scenes. So I just wanted to go over with you the or kind of talk about a little bit what your, your final predictions are and what the things that you definitely want to see from the movie. And so I'll kind of start. So I think a prediction I might have is that I do think we're going to see multiple Kangs in this movie. 
And I do think it's going to be kind of a council of Kangs, even if it's not called it. I do do think they're going to have a council of Kangs uh, in this movie. Just, it seems like each trailer, there's a different, different look at Kang, and he looks a little different. And I'm like, eh, it's the same person. I don't think so. So, that's one of my predictions for right now. Steven, do you have any predictions? Oh, man. I think I have a few that okay. we probably already talked about, but I just I think it uh, it will, it needs to be said on the books, you know, on the record. Yeah, this is what I believe. This is what's gonna happen. And if I'm wrong, fuck it, I'll I'll quit doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe, just like you said, that there are gonna be multiple Kangs variants. But with those Kangs, I believe are going to come multiple Ant-Man variants, you know, because I believe that he who remains was the gatekeeper for the most part, keeping all Kangs secure from ever coming out. I believe that Ant-Man is the last line of defense in the quantum realm before Kang can escape into reality, into the rest of the universe to destroy. Mm -hmm. So I believe that Ant-Man will be seeing multiple variants of himself come through with those Kangs in the quantum realm. I believe that's going to be a insane viewing there. So there's going to be a big fight between multiple Kangs, multiple Ant-Men, and their sidekick. So you might see Cassie as the stinger mm. in multiple different universes in the quantum Ooh. realm together. To fight alongside them. It's going to be a big fight. That's all I think. Is it's going to be a big fight. Because you, if you think, oh, it's going to be one Ant-Man versus Kang. That doesn't seem too bad. But no, they're not going to leave us hanging there. I think there's going to be... It's going to uh, be all Ant-Mans versus Kang. It's going to be an insane... Shit. Yeah, I think it's going to be an insane battle. And I think that um, when all is said and done, Ant-Man will have the chance to kill Kang. But something's going to stop him. I don't know if it's Ooh, his conscience that? that stops him. Kill I don't him. know if it's Cassie that stops him from doing it, saying we can't turn this way. I don't know what it is. But all I know is, or all I, that I believe is going gonna, is gonna to happen, is that something prevents him from being able to kill Kang and stopping him from getting out of the, the uh, quantum realm. And that will be his downfall. Because then Kang will take advantage of it and he will kill our Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Our Scott Lang will perish in this film. And not just that. Not just that. I think one other important character is going to die as well. Hank Pym? Maybe Hank Pym. Oh. Maybe, um, maybe, um, what's her face? Oh my gosh. Hope. Maybe Hope. It would make sense, but it's a, uh, I, I do not believe that Cassie will be the one to die because I believe that she will be what is the main starter for the Young Avengers. I mm-hmm. believe that her story is still there, so you really can't break it down and just throw her away. Yeah, her story just a, started, some... so you can't do anything like that now. Yeah, no, of course. And, uh. So that's that. I think that she will remain in uh, the MCU. She will not perish. I um, 
there's a decent chance that they wipe Ant-Man out from away from, out of existence Ooh. when they're done with them all. So that would be insane to think that there's no Ant-Man in the entire multiverse at all after this point. Um, hmm. Now, is it to say that they someone won't take up the mantle in these universes, multiverses, and uh, they take up the mantle of Ant-Man? No, it could happen. But I think that Scott Lang's time in every single universe is up. And that is going to show you the power of Kang. Not just one Kang, but multiple Kangs running around because they believe this is they have the power. And will there be some fighting between Kangs? I believe so. Because each one of them wants to be the, the cruel power. But do I, do I think that they're going to let that stop them from ceasing power, from seizing power everywhere? No. Because if Kangs decide to stop fighting against each other and team up, it's over. Mm-hmm. There ain't no coming back from that. I believe that, you know, they will learn their lesson eventually. But I don't think this is that movie. I think that the MCU is, or the characters in the MCU are in for a rude awakening because they're used to this, um, outside of Infinity War, they were used to this clean finish in every single movie saying, oh, I beat the villain, or, oh, we were going to defeat the villain, but the villain got away. No. It's going to be a villain absolutely massacred you guys. And we have another, like, three years watching this guy fuck you guys up and (laughs) now just like the Thanos effect where in Affinity War we were scared for every character who walked through the damn door who took on Thanos at any moment I'm gonna have that moment again I'm gonna be fearful for every character that has to step across a a version of Kang a variant of Kang because he is going to be ruthless he is not going to be merciful we've seen the merciful one He's dead. Now everybody else, they are ruthless. It is over. Mm-hmm. Now, my last theory, or my last prediction mm-hmm. for this movie. It might sound crazy, but I was reading somewhere that there's a scene in the newest Ant-Man trailer it shows giant rotating golden rings with symbols on them that look Oh, you think Shang-Chi is going to be in this? Yes. Sort of. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh. So, some of the rings to what Shang-Chi, the Legend of Ten Rings, we've seen. But then you also have, this is where I, I stop to think, there, there are so many items that are connected or linked together they talk about that in Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings you have the Ten Rings you have the Negabands in Miss Marvel mm-hmm. you have um I think this were the Infinity Stones a part of that I forget there, there are a few different items that were all like intertwined together I don't know if they were just like, interwoven but with the same texture with the same material or whatever but they are all connected somehow they are linked in some kind of way. And I believe they are linked to the quantum realm. So I believe there will be an appearance. Okay. From either Shang-Chi or Miss Marvel. That whether would be, it be very interesting. Yeah. Whether it be at the beginning, or the, sorry, the, the beginning of the, of the fight, or it be at the end during a post credit scene. I don't know. But I believe they will 
be tied into this whole thing. Because I don't believe that Shang-Chi is just an Earth Guardian. I believe he is going to either to help defend the Quantum Realm, he's going to help fight against people in the Quantum Realm, in the multiverse, he will have a bigger part to play in the MCU. It only me- makes sense in my mind. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. I haven't watched a lot of the trailers. I only watched a couple of the trailers. So from what I saw with uh, having freaking, what the hell is his name? <laughs> what the hell is his name? The the big robot dude. Um, big robot dude. Not Ultron. Um, the other one. The other one. The other one. Mordok. Mordok. Modok. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. With Modok being in the freaking movie, I don't know how, but with maybe different variants of Kang showing up and all these Ant-Man, it's going to be one hell of a movie. So, yeah, seeing that next next Thursday around 7 p.m., I think, and we'll definitely have some thoughts to share after we see it. And I'm very much looking forward to it now that the v- reviews are mostly or all positive. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, I well. Can't wait, man. Oh, it's going to be insane. We, funnily enough, we still have not bought our tickets. Uh, ah, you bastard. I know. I Emily told me to just book them now because they, um, I was at the, I was at the, uh, a Honda dealership getting Emily's car, uh, her oil, um, changed. And, um, this, this woman who was trying to sell me a car was talking about Marvel and DC and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, well, it doesn't seem like anybody in Florida really loves that stuff because every time I go to the theater, there's no reactions to anything that's going on. She goes, I think you're going to the wrong theater. I think you need to go to the Gulf Coast Cinema. I was like, wait a minute. You mean the one in the Gulf Coast Center in that big plaza? She goes, yeah. Every time I go to an opening premiere for a DC movie or a Marvel movie, it's packed up. Really? And um, people are always so intense. Like they, they, They love to watch these films. They react all the time like, that's perfect. So buy them. So, Dude, they're probably already sold out. Getting tickets. They're probably, oh, yeah. I mean say that. The ones the ones out near us are already sold out. So I mean if if she's if she's talking about how packed it is and how rambunctious these guys are, they're probably real fans. So it's I don't know. I, I would buy them tonight, dude, before you go to bed. If you if you if there's any that's available, definitely buy them tonight. But oh, yeah. so that's oh, yeah. yeah that's next week and then oh also just letting you know uh, Scott will be joining us to talk about Ant Man the Wasp Quantum Media after it comes out so that'll that'll happen Ooh. next week yeah oh right but yeah so yes. after those topics let's talk, let's talk about our geek topics of the week so uh, the first geek topic of the week let's get into it right now. So, we got Matt Shackman. This is mainly a Fantastic Four-based topic. So, we got Matt Shackman uh, says Marvel's Fantastic Four will start filming in early 2024. Uh, Dev, Dave Patel, Dev Patel, is reportedly top contender to be playing Reed Richards, according to a few scoopers. And speaking of Fantastic Four, Galactus is rumored to be the main villain, and he will carry on into past phase six and phase five of course as the main baddie of the future phases to round out the mcu so yeah i mean i guess the major takeaways is that we might be getting some casting news about our reed richard soon 
And the movie starts filming in early 2024, which means they have to start casting for it probably within the next six months, if not already, if they haven't already. So within the next six months, we'll probably get some casting news on who is going to be playing our Fantastic Four. And then the second, th- third thing was that Galactus is going to be the main villain of the movie, which I don't know if I believe as much because if he's going to be the main baddie of the future phases, I can't. Then why? I mean, I know that it's a big movie, but it's not an Avengers level movie. Unless it is, unless we're missing something, but well, uh, either we, way, I'm I think excited. One thing we have to, sorry, I think that uh, one thing we have to take into consideration is that after Avengers Endgame, we cannot be discussing how everything is Avengers level anymore because right. there are other teams now. <laughs> yeah, that's we're right. We're going to have the X Men. We're going to have. The Fantastic Four. So now when we sit there and we talk about what rating to give certain movies, we have to be like, was that an X-Men or was that a Fantastic Four level film? Because it's going to happen. We have to, Kevin Feige has mentioned that the days of Avengers movies being like always there is they're fading away. We're going to be talking about other high quality uh, teams like the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, the Young Avengers, the Dark Avengers. There are so many other uh, teams that the West we West Coast to, Avengers. The West, West Coast Avengers. I know they all have Avengers in them, but we're <laughs> moving on from that. Uh, there are so many different teams that, that are formed that we can see now. Right. Now, who who's to say that Fantastic Four cannot be the next uh, Avengers in the MCU. It could be. The only thing is, when you're introducing the Fantastic Four, I just don't see why Galactus is the main bad guy in this movie. It makes no sense, especially because the Fantastic Four movie is coming out when? Uh, sometime. In phase six, right? In um, phase six? I think it's phase five, actually. Because we're in phase... Wait. No, we're in phase five. We just started. We're about to start phase five, yeah. Um, Okay, maybe it's it's 2025, so I think it is phase six. Yep. Okay, so it's the start of phase six. Now, we are supposed to be dealing with Galactus. From a rumor, it says that Galactus is going to be the main bad guy from phases, I think, seven all the way to ten is that what it was yeah six through ten yeah i think it was six through ten it was something around that six seven eight (sighs) nine ten i was like what the hell (laughs) that's pretty insane unless the phases are very short because just like phases five and six are kind of shorter yeah um i i don't know if i'm excited to see galactus as the first villain that the Fantastic Four would face as their own franchise, I think that you'd be jumping the gun too soon. I really do. I think... I don't necessarily want to see a Doctor Doom at the moment, just because in the first two... like The the original Fantastic Four movie that came out in the early 2000s, and then, and then the reboot that they did, 
that was the main bad guy. So it kind of gets stale. I can see why they would do that. Silver Surfer would be an interesting choice. There are right. other choices. That would be out more there. interesting. Silver Surfer first would be probably pretty perfect. Uh, but we haven't seen. I mean, we know the power set of the Fantasy Four, but we haven't seen. We don't have an origin story for the MCU ones. Uh, so it's just a. It's a lot of huh? What's going on? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Because because think about it, they face Galactus in the first movie. Then, what the hell's after that? Who's the next baddie? After that, or just always Galactus that they're fighting, and throughout the entire MCU. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, it will be kind of cool. I know that um, they kind of did this with the Infinity Saga, where Thanos was linked in there somewhere. But I would really love to see uh, separate movies, kind of like. Uh, What's, how, how do I describe this? Like, picture uh, anime or a TV series, for, for example. Okay. There's a certain arc that happens, certain bad guy that's introduced at the beginning of this arc. And certain characters, they confront this bad guy individually most of the time um, throughout this arc. Before the ending of it all, them getting together, collaborating, and finally taking down the bad guy together. Now, actually, this is a good point. I, I was watching. I'm watching One Piece right now, and I, I swear this this has something. It's relevance. It's relevant. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm watching One Piece right now, and there's an arc where they are infiltrating a naval base to save a friend that was captured. Now, this arc takes about 80 episodes to complete. 80 fucking episodes and, like, four seasons worth of um, content. It literally takes four seasons from the get to the beginning of that arc all the way to the end. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm used to, in, like, regular TV shows, a arc being done after the first season or two. Right. Not four or five seasons to take. Does it take to complete the arc? This could happen. Galactus could um, fight off against multiple people, multiple heroes across the multiverse. We mm. could see it, okay. and then maybe his main goal in the whole thing is to destroy all worlds in every single universe. And I don't mm. know if there's a if there are multiple Galactuses, but Galacti, but um, <laughs> Galactuses <laughs> like Galacti. I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> this came out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, but I don't know if um, there are multiple of them. But imagine all of them getting together to just take down the entire universe or multiple universes. Yeah, uh, it could happen. But sure th- the reason why I brought that up is just because you're we we are starting we can get out of the oh one and done thing with oh a person is uh, introduced well we're gonna settle it now or in the next movie no maybe the first movie introduces it. it's kind of like an episode where it starts there and then it shifts over to a different character and their story you know. Mm-hmm. In like fighting that bad guy as well, and then finally after the fifth season, so they say, or like the fifth year, phase or whatever, um, they finally all 
devise this killer plan that's going to stop Galactus from destroying the entire multiverse. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. Um, okay. <laughs> it's a big one. It's a big one. Yeah, I sure just, is. I mean, in in reality, maybe it makes sense because Galact- like if Fantastic Four is the first time you see Galactus, maybe it does make sense. But as the main villain, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, I feel like we should start off a little slower. I mean, I. I can see you being like Galactus is the main baddie overall, but it's kind of like a Thanos, right? Like Thanos sends Loki, that kind of thing. Like that would be yeah. nicer. So it's like he's Silver Surfer being sent by Galactus to figure shit out on planet Earth and take it over. I don't know. But that could be what's kind of happening. But and we're just going to skip over Doom? I don't know. Well, we'll see. I guess we'll see we'll, uh, once <laughs> once we get some more information regarding the movie in the next uh, next year, I guess. But, yeah. So let's... Yeah. Uh, we got a geek topic number two where Colin Farrell reveals that the Penguin series will be eight episodes in the first season. So, of course, that stood out to me because first season... Eight, eight episodes, of, does that mean there's going to be more seasons of this Penguin series? So, yeah, it's just really quick topic. I'm just going to see what you think about this, Stephen. Well, with them saying first season, yes, it does indicate that there are going to be multiple seasons of the Penguin. And, you know, I'm not opposed to this because the Penguin can be a genius. I know he's not a Riddler as far as his... Uh, yeah, right. His, um, <laughs> His problems, but you know, I think that he's a genius in creating chaos. I think that um, there is a lot of story to tell, and I think that Colin Farrell did a, a a very decent job with the character because when I saw him, I didn't see Colin Farrell in the role. I saw, oh, this is Penguin in his his earlier years. Yeah, this is where this is where Oswald Cobblepot gets his name. This is where he finds his footing. And becomes the notorious bad guy that we know and love. You know, mm-hmm. I could see this going on for a, f- a few seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it in, in, um, in uh, what do you call it, Gotham, mm-hmm. in the TV series. We saw right. that, his upbringing and all that, which was really cool. I mean, I didn't finish Gotham, but from what I saw in the first few seasons, you know, it was nice seeing the transition between his, you know, his uh, awkward and very puny inferior self to where he is now here where he was when i finished watching what i was watching of him um so there's a decent amount to tell with penguin there really is so he can he can go on for multiple seasons and make this work it's not a difficult thing to grasp there's a lot of story to tell yeah i definitely think there's many things to talk about and many things to show us so uh especially based off of the batman movie I thought that that movie was amazing. I, I loved every single character that was portrayed. And, of course, Colin Farrell as the Penguin was perfect, I think. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the series. I don't think we needed it, but it's definitely something I'm looking forward to, I guess. I mean, I'm going to watch it for sure. Just not sure. There's no release date yet, as I as far as I believe. But it is probably coming out this year because they, they filmed that. They had to stop filming that last year, I believe. So, yeah, we'll see that soon, and we'll definitely be talking about that when that comes out. Coming to HBO Max. All right. Yes, but we got to talk about Geek Topic number three, and I'm sure we've been – I've been 
talk about this for a week, but the DC universe is changing. So last, I'm going to say it was last Tuesday. I would say, I think it was last Tuesday. Yeah, it was last Tuesday. Tuesday, Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn shared 11 new projects, right? He talked about the exit of Henry Cavill and addressed potential future of Ezra Miller as the flash, as they introduced a slate of big heroes and lesser known characters. So, and Safran said the the stakes are massive for us and for Warner Brothers Discovery. So, he yeah he pretty much just went on. I think it was like a three minute video uh, that he that he put out there, and it, it talked about three projects that he has in mind. He's going to be directing a Superman movie, but let's break it down based on uh, what we have here. I'm going to read the projects, and I'm going to read kind of a little bit about the project. Uh, so starting with the first one, Creature Commandos is an animated series. It'll be seven episodes. It's written by Gunn. That is an already it's already in production. Originally a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern day take on the concept. The voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also play them in live action as they're live action versions in movies and tv series in the future so yeah which is a pretty good idea because i know that with i know they didn't plan on doing this but with the star wars series like the clone wars and rebels and things like that they didn't they probably weren't planning for it to one day become a live action uh like uh with characters so that's why they probably wouldn't they didn't do that then but so for this one, for DC, they're kind of doing that. And I feel like James Gunn's probably perfect for this one because he did the Suicide Squad pretty well. <laughs> and those were all just random, weird characters. So I'm sure he can do this one pretty well. Uh, Steven, did you have any thoughts on the Creature Commandos? It's a very interesting concept, honestly. Yeah. Uh, anytime that you bring in fighting Nazis, I think I'm on board with it. I hate Nazis. <laughs> I hate neo-Nazis, I hate anything that relates to Nazis, so if you have different monsters, and they said they're going to be updating it, so it's not from what I'm reading here yet, they're going to be updating it all, so it's a modern day uh, take, I'm I'm totally on board with that, I never, I didn't need to see a Creature Commandos series, but mm-hmm. you know what, if we're getting it, an animated series, so be it, Right. and it's written by Gunn, that means there's creative um, a, a creative genius going through it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to kick off the. Um, I believe this is, this is the thing that's going to be kicking off the, the DC universe, like the new DC universe. Right. Yeah, the DC studios. So what they're doing is, mm. they're kind of doing a soft reboot on the DCU. So. Some characters are going to stay. Some characters are leaving. But pretty much what James Gunn said is that after after um, The Flash, it's going to soft reboot the universe that way. So Batman's going to be a little different. Uh, maybe Superman is definitely going to be different. So, yeah, we'll talk about that more when we get to those movies and projects. But, yeah, it's going to be the – technically, I guess it's kind of the same universe, but just – rebooted a little bit but i guess so yeah oh man um, you know what i'm okay with the with the little reboot because i think that we we were in desperate need of a reboot i oh, for sure 
I've been seeing posts everywhere on Instagram or Facebook, whatever. People are actually like signing petitions to keep the Snyderverse in place <laughs> in the DC studios. And you know what? All I have to say is you're a fucking maniac if you think that that the Snyderverse was any success. For yeah. like, when was the last time the Snyder worked on a film? It was it was 2017. <laughs> Yeah. 2017. Are you been, kidding me? It's been a while. Are you fucking shitting me? It's been a while. And in that time, between 2013 all the way to now, did he really do a stand-up job? Did he do anything that warranted keeping the universe intact? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, Superman was decent. Man of Steel was decent. But then you go on from there, and it had so much promise. The Snyderverse had so much promise, and it all went to shit. Yeah. Like it's like they had uh, a blueprint in their hands, and instead of going by the blueprint, they took a shit in the blueprint and decided to just draw. <laughs> they took a they shit to build it. Took a shit on the blueprint, and they're like, "I'm gonna start from scratch. Doesn't matter. This is what's gonna happen." Like midway through the movie, it's like, "Oh, what's the idea? We don't know anymore. We're just gonna fucking wing it." <laughs> and then the end of the movie was garbage. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like. Mm-hmm. People argue about how, if uh, Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad, was a good movie. I'm going to tell you right now, it was not a good movie. No. I was so underwhelmed in that, watching that movie. Yeah. Now, Batman vs. Superman, there were some cool moments in it. I will give you that. But you know what? That movie was also pretty damn bad. <laughs> because there was no logic used to fucking make the damn thing. All right? Yeah, it was and done too got, soon. It was done too soon, man. Now, we're going to talk about this later on, but it's just, oh, it was infuriating because people are actually using this now. They want to scrap what they want to reboot and go back to the Snyderverse. And I'm like, no, we can't do this, man. We can't. We have to save the DC Universe, okay? And having the Snyderverse intact is not going to work anymore. It's not. We have to move on. They have to adapt. They have to evolve because Marvel is so at a slow point at the moment at the moment right they're gonna speed up again in in phase five so they have no room for error anymore because who's gonna take warner brothers seriously anymore they fucked up so many movies by their creative input that's why i'm hoping gun and safran what's the hell's his name dave safran or something like that i don't know but yeah uh so i'm really hoping that they when they do this soft reboot that this is the last time they're rebooting the DC universe because if it isn't the last time, I don't think I have it in me for another another round. So this is will be the last no. time. I trust Gunn because he did very good job with Peacemaker and of course with Suicide Squad. So if we can get enjoyment out of those projects, I'm sure he can get. Oh, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. You can't forget Guardians of the Galaxy. He's done did a great job. So everything we've seen from him so far has been pretty damn good. So I trust him and his pal over there to do the the right thing. And just so you know, this this slate that here I have here, it it's in no particular order and I don't think it's in any kind of release order either cuz I don't I don't think that this movie oh. that animated series is going to come out before something else. I just I Oh. But this uh Okay. But yeah, the first one was the Creature Commandos, and then we got the second one, which is Waller. I don't know if we need this, but he's doing a Waller spinoff series uh, for HBO Max that hits the, which is like kind of a spinoff of Peacemaker, uh, which is Viola Davis is will returning as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of the government task force. It will be written by 
Crystal Henry, which wrote, I guess, The Watchmen. Very good movie if you haven't seen it. And Jeremy Carver, uh, the creator of Doom Patrol TV series, which is also a pretty good show. So, of course, The Watchmen series, uh, The Watchmen movie. Uh, is it, wait, The Watchmen series or the movie? Huh. The movie. Wait. Wait, that uh, Zack Snyder? No, Crystal Henry. So it says Watchmen here, but I'm trying to figure out if that means the movie or the TV series. Because, let me see. Because there's a TV series on HBO Max as well. Oh, it's the TV series. Okay. Mm. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. All right. So I haven't actually seen the TV series, so i got to probably watch that at some point. I've been wanting to watch it. But uh, the, the movie Watchmen was actually really, really good. And I watched that a few years ago. And it's intense. It's real intense, real gritty. So I'm guessing that's what this is going to be as well, the Waller series. And and then, of course, Doom, Doom Patrol, which I watched, I think, the first couple of seasons. And maybe it'll, maybe more than that. But it that was a pretty good series. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with it. But, again, I, I don't think Waller is a series that we needed to do. Because uh, I think we know enough about her. But again, it's Viola Davis and James Gunn collaborating on this. So I'm sure it's going to be freaking fantastic. Just like Peacemaker. Like we were like, oh, I don't think we need this. But it was really good, right? So maybe Waller no, yeah, would be the same. Exactly how I felt. <laughs> but Man. yeah, what are your thoughts on this Waller series? Well, just like you, I don't think we need it. However, I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to doubt James Gunn because we were up in space in the DC universe before him. You know, it it felt like we were kind of just throwing movies at a wall and see what stuck. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's really what it was. It didn't make any sense. It, It wasn't in any real order that would build a universe. It was just random movies come like doing their things. And it wasn't tying into any re- into the universe, just like the MCU was doing. And with James Gunn at the helm, if he says we need a Viola Davis, um, Amanda Waller series or movie, mm-hmm. then I say, cool, we need it. <laughs> because I'm not going to doubt him. I think that he has this plan out. He sat down and he said, what is working, what's not? Okay, what is something that we need to use? What characters do we need to build this universe, to start it up and then build off of? And if he thinks Amanda Waller is is one of those people, then so be it. He thinks these uh, creature commandos are the answer, so be it. I am there for the ride because James Gunn is a person that I trust. Because of what he has done in the past mm-hmm. with his content. If he can do that, then until he fails to do what he's what he's promising, then I'm not going to doubt him. I have faith. For the first time in years with DC, I have faith that a universe can be started and built up to be something beautiful. Yep. Yep. I believe it as well. Uh, so that brings us to the next project we got going is Superman Legacy. So the the movie featuring the Man of Steel that Gunn is writing and may may direct. I'm pretty sure he's going to direct this one. 
Superman is uh, is the true kickoff for the duo's DC plans. It's not an origin story, Safran said, but it focuses on the Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He is the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. He is kindness in the world that thinks that kindness is old-fashioned. A release date for July 11th, 2025 has been penciled in. But so as I mentioned earlier, they are uh, recasting. So Henry is not going to be Man of Steel anymore, unfortunately. Maybe in the future they'll yeah. they'll collaborate on something, but at the moment he's not going to be the Superman of this DC universe anymore, which leads me to believe because they they had mentioned that it's going to be a younger actor focusing on the younger times or earlier parts of his life, but I, I mean I guess that works because in the Man of Steel movie he was older and this that was like post that was like post uh, I'm guessing other things that he did because man of steel it's after he knows he has powers it does not really an origin story i haven't seen that movie in a while but that's uh man of steel and i guess they're rebooting the character they're going to be doing something different and it's going to be a younger character and i yeah i'm, I'm here for it how about you steven no yeah i mean i i <laughs> I'm sad to see Henry Cavill go because I think yeah. that he was done dirty in the um, in the uh, DC universe. I think that he deserved better than what he was given. I think that um, I think that he is a talented actor. I think that he's just he was not given the right material to shine as Superman. Yeah, you know because I think with yes, what I think, he was given. Sorry, go ahead. No, say what you were gonna say. No, I was just gonna say I think James Gunn has something against him because he's keeping Ezra Miller but getting rid of Henry Cavill. So it, that's just my thoughts. But continue with, with what he was given is what you were saying. Mm. What he was given, it just it didn't work at all because yeah. Superman in the comics or in even the animated TV series, he's not this whiny little brat who complains about things who mopes around like he's the kind of person that that speaks about kindness just like it says in in this uh this description here Mm -hmm. about kindness and being able to save the people around him and not put anybody in harm he doesn't let loose to his 100 percent ever because he knows that his 100 percent trying to take down a villain will destroy an entire planet Okay, it'll rock other planets around that. It'll take down the fucking solar system from ground out if he's he's that powerful. Mm-hmm. He really is. So if um if he's given the script that he was given, basically tells him to be a whiny little bitch because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sort of felt like at least. And then in um, Justice League, while there were some cool moments, it just didn't feel natural. At all, right? For what Superman exactly. would be, it there, there's so much more to the character. Like, people believe that all you gotta do is have rock hard abs and be strong and all that to play the character. Have black hair and I think blue eyes or whatever. Like just have a good <laughs> physique and look like him. No, you gotta be able to embody what what Superman would want to be. For the people that 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 look up to him, or even don't look up to him, but they need him, okay? Like people around the entire universe need Superman, 
And I, I just think that Henry Cavill should have had another chance. Whether that be a mutual parting between the two, or like saying, oh, well, this is where we're going. I don't know if you're ready for the part. And he'd be like, I understand, okay. Or Henry Cavill's like, oh, I don't know if uh, I, w- I want to come back during a reboot. I think it would be too much. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. But I feel bad for Henry Cavill. I think yeah, that he too. is talented. But I will say that there's no shortage of heroes in the MCU that could call his name. So, I do not foresee this being the last time that Henry Cavill suits up in any kind of superhero role. Or supervillain role. Ooh, that would be interesting. But yeah, I just... He had... From what I understand, he stopped being the Witcher in that series in order order to come back as Superman. But, which ended up happening for a post credit scene in Black Adam, but then then he got... Let go. So it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, get your shit together over there. So hopefully, again, hopefully in three years, maybe even two years, we're laughing about this and been like, oh, what were we thinking? Like, the person who's playing Superman's perfect. But uh, for right now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of upset that he doesn't get a get his chance to shine in a project that actually matters. But. What are you going to do? No, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> uh, so the next project is Lanterns, right? Okay, so Greg Berlanti's long-in-the-works Green Lanterns TV series has been scrapped, and Gunn and Sefran have parted ways with the longtime DC series Stewart. Uh, it is. It's in place with the. In its place will be a new take on the the space co- space cops. I almost said space corpse, which makes sense, I guess, the space corpse, but uh, <laughs> lantern core, but space cops with power rings. Our vision for this is very much in the vein of True Detective. Saffron described. It's a ter- ter- terrestrial based. It will feature prominent lantern heroes Hal Jordan and John Stewart and is one of the most important shows they have in the development. This plays a really big role in leading into the main story we are telling across the film and TV. Okay, so, Stephen, have you ever seen True Detective? Any of them? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. No. All right, well, I watched the, I think it was the first and second season, I believe. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was pretty pretty well done. Matthew McConaughey was in the first season, and he did an amazing job. Uh, and if it's anything like that, this will be pretty interesting. Because it's not, it's not funny. It's more of just sad and intense and... I don't know how to kind of explain it, but I think it's going to be really good because they tried to bring the lanterns in into the when they did the um, what's it called the three hour or four hour movie of for Justice League when they did that. The, oh my God, the Snyder cut, the yeah. Snyder cut, right, right. <laughs> oh, so man. he was in, the, in one of the post credit scenes, I believe. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's not happening, and they're going to reboot it with Hal Jordan and John Stewart, which is really cool. I, I can't wait to see them both in one movie as a like a buddy detective type thing. But yeah, what, yeah, what do you think? Okay. Oh, I'm totally on board with that. I mean, I I love Jon Stewart from uh, the animated 
uh, uh, Justice League mm-hmm. uh, series. I love Hal Jordan from what I've have read on, and I think that that is going to be a very fascinating pairing. I feel like John Stewart doesn't have the biggest personality. Like he's he's not a goofball in any sense or anything. He's a pretty serious dude. Hal Jordan is a goofball though, from what I've I remember. So yeah. the, t- the teaming up, it's gonna be a good pa- good cop bad cop like a buddy cop kind of thing for the two of them and. It'll be fun. It really will be. Um, yeah. But they yeah, mentioned that it's one of the most important projects to lead up to what they're trying to do with the... I guess that they're calling it Chapter 1. And James Gunn actually even said that this is not every project in Chapter 1. But this is some of the main ones. And there's other ones that they haven't announced yet that will be released within the next few years as well. But yeah, you mentioned that they just mentioned that it's one of the most important projects to lead into chapter one. So if that is true, it's going to be a pretty good show. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. um, (laughs) It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the next one is called The Authority. All right, so it's a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 1990s under an influential imprint known as Wildstorm. Uh, run by an artist and now head of the DC Publishing, Jim Lee, one of the things that of the DCU, one of the things of the DCU, is that it's not just a story of heroes and villains, said Gunn. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guys versus bad guys. Giant things from the sky come and good guys wins. There are white hats, black hats, and gray hats. Added a friend. They are kind like Jack Nicholson. Kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. They know what they what they know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. So, yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on this. I. Uh, Currently don't really care. I mean, might be interesting, but I don't really have too many thoughts on this one. It's really just to kind of go over what the they announced. But, Stephen, do you have any thoughts? Do you know anything about the authority in the DC Comics? The authority? Hold on. Okay. Um, the, the authority, I'm pretty sure that was a, uh alternate universe of Superman and everybody else like that where... They're not. I might be. I might be getting this confused with a different um, organization, but it's like an evil Superman, Wonder Woman, all that, who uh, take over and believe that a certain way of living is how they do it, and they force you to live that way. But mm. let me check this out because, um, oh my gosh, hold on, this is gonna bother me. Okay, so it's an it's. it's it seems like a uh, yeah. It seems like what it is. It's it's um, a team of superheroes that believe that their way is the hot, is is the right way, at all. and they take extreme measures to get there. And uh, yeah, it seems like a, a communist kind of a society. <laughs> but okay. um, it's gonna be interesting. It really will be because. Uh, we're starting to see in the MCU them tying in these alternate reality or m- multiversal uh, characters. Like one character is not always going to be similar to the character that we know and love. And they might have different qualities, different uh, outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, not strange to be one of them. They, we saw mm-hmm. that. Right. But um, 
Like, so that's what it's, it's going to remind me of when when we we actually watch it. It's going to be, oh shit, what happened if if um, Superman or a character of Superman's caliber becomes so controlling and so evil that they twist what is justice and what is saving, you know, all that kind of stuff. It'll be interesting to well, see because you obviously like haven't watched The Boys. You gotta watch The Boys, Stephen. I have not. Oh my mind. god, you'll you, you will not. You'll not. You won't be sorry for watching it. Is what I'm trying to say. So you gotta watch it. I think they're the fourth season's coming out soon, and that is a world where if Superman was bad, this is how it would go. Or if just the Justice League in general were bad, this is how it would go. And they were selfish mm. and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. Watch that, bro. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. So, The Paradise Lost is the next one. It's a The duo described the HBO Max as a Game of Thrones-style drama set on the all-female island of Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira. Filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players, it takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. Which is curious because it seemed like Wonder Woman is not going to be, or at least uh, Gal Gadot's not going to be playing Wonder Woman, but based on what they were kind of saying. But it's okay, well. So it takes place before Wonder Woman. It's kind of like a Game of Thrones style show, which if, if that is true, I'm very much looking forward to that. I know you're not really a Game of Thrones guy, Stephen, but... Another thing you guys start watching is Game of Thrones. Really good. Really, really good. <laughs> so I've been told. Uh, so if it's kind of like that, like the fight for power, then I'm much. That's probably one of my. Which is weird to say because I don't feel like it doesn't have a really a lot of. Like. Not effects. Not a. What's, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Not a, a lot of consequences. Like whatever happens here doesn't obviously didn't really matter that much, so it's I think just gun it's kind of Gunn's passion projects. He just wants to see what's gonna happen, like or he just wants to see things like comics he read in his childhood or something like that. He wants to make into movies and TV shows now, uh, just because he can because he's the leader of a studio. But if it's like this or it's the Game of Thrones style, I'm looking forward to it. How about you? I'm talking about Game of Thrones style as far as characters being subject to death. Well, yeah, I guess you could say that, but also that there's uh, one throne and they're trying to fight for it, and it's really based on, well, in the in Game of Thrones, it's the family that's trying to kind of fight for it, and people who think that they're the rightful heir of the Iron Throne or. Uh, people who are in the family who think that they were robbed of it, that kind of thing. So if it's kind of like that, yeah, there'll be a lot of death and a lot of war between uh, Themyscira so, and the women in Themyscira. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. I can, I can uh, foresee that happening then. I um, It might not seem too relevant now, but a part of me believes that this Themyscira, this um, Paradise Lost, is going to be a relevant uh, part of the entire you think so okay chapter i think so because i feel like there's going to be some underlying incidents that are going to take they're going to um be important later on in either this chapter or the next mm-hmm. that will when we see that it happening later on we're going to be like oh my gosh i remember this 
person. He he was a good guy, and then now he's an evil villain that they have to face in the next chapter. Yeah. I don't understand why he's doing this. And then all of a sudden, yeah. it goes back to a scene. You're like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know that was that relevant until now. Like, <laughs> I find I feel like there's gonna be some historical consequences that are gonna tie into later on for future installments. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be relevant. Okay. Well, I guess we'll see. I'm not. I'm not even sure when these things are coming out because it's definitely not. It may be next year. Maybe one of these things comes out next year, but it's definitely not this year because we have we have to finish the DCU that it is currently. Uh, we'll explain a little bit more about that after, but yeah. So the next one, which is one I think I'm most excited for, because I love these characters. The Brave and the Bold, okay? So this is an introduction of the DCU Batman, said Gunn, of Bruce Wayne, and also introduces our favorite Robin, Damian Wayne, who's a little son of a bitch. (laughs) The movie will take inspiration from the now-classic Batman run, written by Grant Morrison, and that introduced Batman to a son he never knew existed, a murderous tween who raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. And important, most importantly, we're getting another Batman movie next year that is played by Robert Pattinson, which is the Batman sequel. I said next year, my bad. But in 2025, we're getting the Batman sequel called Batman T- Part 2. That one's coming out October 3rd, 2025. So 2025 is going to be a big year for DC. But let's break these down. Uh, we're also, from what he said, we're also going to be seeing a few other characters from the bat family which is what i want to i've been wanting to see i've been wanting to see the live action bat family uh so i'm really looking forward to this i'm glad he's not doing another origin story of batman we freaking know it already let's just jump forward uh, 10 years 20 years whatever we have to do in order to get to the good stuff so steven what do you think no i mean (laughs) i um I understand where you're coming from. I know it's like, oh, we we saw the we saw the the, the new Batman, like his inexperience and all that in the first film. So we want to move on to when he's more experienced. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I see where you're coming with that. It would be would be cool. I think that um you could kind of see Robert Pattinson's range here because you'll you'll see him as an inexperienced Batman and then go from that to a Luxury, luxurious billionaire, one that um, has a very big personality as Bruce Wayne, but when it comes down to Batman, he is cold-hearted. He is a stone-faced motherfucker who will kill you. Not kill you. He'll he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll kill you. Crap out of you. Pretty bad. And uh, he he stands for justice all the time. Um, so it's. I think it should be. I think that um, it should be a a, a, a fast forward from what we saw. I, I think well, he's be- doing two Batman movies. So there's two Batman movies in development. The Batman sequel, which is the sequel to the Batman right. movie. No. And then we got sequel The Brave and the Bold. Sorry. That's what I'm starting with. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, my bad. I should have gone in order, but I didn't. Um, so the, yeah, because the, the the Batman movie that we had seen with Robert Pattinson was the first thing we seen we had seen Robert before Pattinson. this was released. So. Oh, throwback, throwback to the first episode. I know. I know, dude. Um, yeah, I mean Robert Pattinson. I enjoyed his t- 
take on Batman, I think it's 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 we're ready to take the next step. So if we had to fast forward five to ten years, I think that's relevant. Mm-hmm. I think that's that would be a decent time to do it. You know, because we've yeah. get, we've, get, we've been given enough on the backstory of multiple characters, so that can help us fast forward to to better things. Anyway, uh, going on to the Brave and the Bold, the Batman, Damian Wayne, uh, thing. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be fucking awesome because yep. that I believe will tie into Ra's al Ghul. It has Ooh, to. Yeah. Because it's I'm pretty sure it's Talia al Ghul who's um the mother. <laughs> Damian Wayne's mother. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, he was raised by assassins, I, so that makes sense, yeah. The League of Assassins, right? Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, so the League of Assassins will t- will tie into this 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 uh this project. Um, having Damien Wade, I don't know about favorite Robin. I don't know. That <laughs> That's what James Gunn. I, he's a favorite Robin. Yeah, I think he was fucking with us. So it's because Dame Damien Wayne is his favorite Robin. They say he calls him a little son of a bitch. <laughs> I know he follows it up with that. It kind of makes sense. Yep. Um, so that one, that one, I'm really excited for because we we're going to be given a Batman movie. That tying in to the DC universe, one we didn't get the last time because it, we, we were kind of che- we kind of cheated on that one because it was Batman v Superman when we got to see Batman's movie and it really wasn't totally about him and I liked Ben Affleck as an old Batman but yeah, I, don't, right. I didn't think it was it I think we needed to move on from that so whoever they decided to cast in um, in the the brave and the bold, that is going to be very fascinating to watch them build this character up for this universe because this is the Batman moving forward. Um, and then from there, after Brave and the Bold, you ha- you can do so many other things. Um, you could do Batman Beyond. I know that was a TV series, but you do Batman Beyond at some point down the line, not yeah. in the near future, but eventually you can do. So many things because Batman is a very badass character, and Robin has the ability to it to be a badass character as well. So, and Damian Wayne, um, he's the last Robin, right? He's the he's the last Robin, right? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. we got Dick Grayson, who's the first one. Then we got I don't know what the hell's the second one's name. <laughs> uh, not Tim Drake. Tim Drake's the third, the third one. one. Yeah, so. The second one was Todd, Jason Todd, Jason, Jason Todd, Todd. Yeah. right, right, right. And then we got uh, what's a Batwoman, of course. Got Batwoman. You have Barbara Gordon. Barbara Gordon. Have... Barbara Gordon, exactly. Was, one more person. I'm not. I can't think of right now. But yeah, Damian Wayne was the youngest. He was the last one that I remember um, to join Batman's crew. Okay. Yeah, I was just looking up who the members of the bat the bat family are. It's very fascinating because they can easily do death of the family now. Yeah, they can. They sure can. Oh shit. Oh, okay. This 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 is amazing. I know. Like <laughs> Dude, I, I imagine if he kills mind. off Batman in the first movie. That would be insane, dude. I know that that's not that story, oh, but I I death in the family, but I think it would be insane if I don't know Damian Wayne kills Batman. Huh? Huh? There's oh man. 
Yeah. Did you read the Hush series by any chance? I, I did not. No. Nope. Did no. not. Oh my god. Fucking intense, man. It was nuts. Um, I don't think it was the best. I think I still think that um, Batman Endgame is a uh, is the best uh, uh, the best comic series that I've that I've read. But okay, because it, it takes place with with the Joker, and we've seen the Joker in many different adaptations. But this was just absolute bonkers because it it had even the villains turning on Joker because they said. What he's doing is going too far for even our standards. So this is huge fucking um, battle between Joker and um, and Batman. Batman breaks his fucking back, um, and he's still fighting the Joker and all that. It's nuts. Anyway, that's Batman Endgame. But um, <laughs> there's so many different stories that we could t- that we could use now if you build up the Bat family because it. Because each one of the stories I was just telling you about is in relation to the the Bat family in general. Under the Red Hood, something we can do, of course, Killing Joke, and every, every, all of it. I'm down for it because oh, we got we got Batwing too. Batwing, yeah. Who's Luke? If they Luke can Fox. successfully introduce Batman into this universe mm-hmm. and get his story going, they can go so they can go far and wide with it. There's so much they can do. Yeah, and coming from a a, um, a comic guru like James Gunn, I can see him doing that. He can expand on it very well, and not just do a one or two movie deal and that's it with this guy. Like we can we could this guy could be the next Iron Man of his universe if they wanted to be. You know, I would I would be hoping he'd be Superman, but I get it. Batman has very very intriguing. Uh, storylines that it makes you want to, to to watch it you know exactly so i'm all for this i really am brave and the bold is going to be a killer uh killer movie yeah yeah we got oh man it's gonna be so good cannot wait so many characters that we can get introduced to in this movie and uh i can't wait all right i, I i'm just it sucks that we're in 2023 and these movies are coming out probably in 2026 or even later, because this is not coming out next year. He's only he's writing freaking Superman right now, so yeah, I'm guessing Superman will be the first movie that comes out in uh, this new DCU slate. DCU slate. So ah, uh, it sucks. We gotta wait so long. Why do we gotta wait so long? Uh. Well, I'll say one thing right now, yep. and that is, we have seen what the DC was when they were rushing things, right? When I they know. were rushing projects. And it didn't work out. I know. I am going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that if they are taking their time to get this stuff underway, then the final product will be better than the average Marvel movie. Right. I I know. You are right. I'm just not patient. (laughs) I'm not patient, man. I I need it now. Because, I don't know, am I going to even want to watch comic book movies in 2026? Probably. But I want it now. <laughs> All right. So let's, we got a few more projects to talk about. Uh, the next one is Booster Gold. So an HBO Max series based on a unique, lesser-known hero created in 1986. Safran said of the series, it's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to become to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. 
Gunn described it as an imposter syndrome as a superhero. I'm not really familiar with Booster Gold. <laughs> okay. I think he might have speed, I think, is his power, but I'm not really sure. I'm not really familiar with Booster Gold. <laughs> Are you? You took a guess because of the name, <laughs> Booster Gold. But is that yeah. is that who it is? I don't mean. I'm not even sure. Let's see. I don't know who he is, but I just laughed that you took a guess because of Booster Gold. Yeah, Booster Gold. Oh, that was the first thing that pulled up when I put when I typed it in. Booster Gold. Let's see. Superhero appearing. He is a superhero. Yeah. Oh wait a minute. Oh shit. What? Oh my god. No way. No fucking way. What? Hold on. You know the guy who plays Turk in Scrubs? Yeah. Oh, is he playing him? They're eyeing him to play that role. Oh, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? I actually did hear about that. What the hell is his powers? Natural abilities. Booster Gold is a human being from the 25th century with well-developed physical powers. Prowess. Oh, he's using technology yeah. for all of it. Yeah, and natural abilities. So, um, expert hand-to-hand combat, longevity. He, he has technology that allows for uh, flight, energy blast, force fields, enhanced strength, time travel, enhanced visual powers, and other things. Mm, okay. You know, that's, that's pretty sick. Yeah. I mean... Well, okay. I'm looking forward to that one, too. And especially if it's Turk from Scrubs, that'd be funny. That'd be, that'd be really oh, yeah. funny. <laughs> that would be cool. All right, well, that's cool. And then we got Superman, Woman of Tomorrow. So we got taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries. The movie promises a different take than what most think of when they think of Superman's cousin. We will see the difference between Superman, who has spent who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl raised on a rock, a chip off the off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not a Supergirl we're used to. Okay. That's going to be a movie. And again, I'm looking forward to that one. That's going to be pretty cool. Especially if, uh, I don't remember her name, but the one that's supposed to be playing Supergirl are in the um, in the Flash movie. Because we have a Supergirl in the Flash movie. So if it's the same actress, she seems to be pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing that if they bring her into this movie to have her own thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Okay. No, yeah. I. Um, this is definitely a nice introduction yeah. In the first chapter, you know, with Supergirl. I think, you know, they're going to be introducing Superman. He's going to have this thing. Supergirl is almost as powerful as Superman is. And I think some people just don't give her enough credit for that. Uh, but <laughs> she can take on Superman when she is at her highest strength, you know, or her highest abilities. Mm-hmm. She, when she unlocks her abilities. Right. But... She she is definitely relevant, whether it be in the Justice League or it be in a different group. She is definitely relevant. I think it's very wise to start her in the, in the first chapter and not wait any later than that because we're gonna get side by side two Kryptonians. Doing, I know, like seeing what their 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 start through the universe is, and I think that's 
amazing. That's right. Now, the whole... It says here that um, for the first 14 years of her life, um, she has to witness some terrible things. I think that that's going to be um, interesting because her take, her upbringing is different from Superman's. Right. By far. Because Superman was a baby when he was um, taken off of Krypton. Whereas exactly. she had some experience. She had more to, to hold on to for, on Krypton. So you can only imagine that it's it's more impactful to her whenever remnants of Krypton come to light or whenever she she remembers it happening or she sees something that is from her past. Like, it's there. There's a, there is a lot of substance to this movie and it'll help tie in with this universe. I agree with this choice to have her in the first chapter. Yep, me too, me too. Uh, also, the last but not least, we got Swamp Thing, a horror movie that promises to close out the first part of the first chapter. So, first part of the first chapter. That's interesting wording. First part of the first chapter. So, it's like a mini chapter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, So, yeah, that's Swamp Thing, which, of course, is going to be pretty cool. I mean, what, what we got from Marvel in... Uh, and Werewolf by Night, that was pretty cool. I guess they're fairly similar characters, but Swamp Thing's actual, an actual bad guy, right? He's an actual villain. That's what I was I'm not mistaken. Of. All right, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. So, But yeah, so that's that's the that closes out Chapter 1, apparently. And we don't have any other information regarding that besides it's going to be a horror film. And then before audiences get to see those films and series, we have to see this year's films and series, maybe if I want to go see them. Who knows? But we got Shazam! Fury of the Gods coming March 17th. Then we continue to The Flash on June 16th, which I'm definitely not seeing in theaters. I'm gonna, I'm probably going to watch it, but not. I'm not paying money for it. <laughs> I'm not going to... No, fuck, fuck Ezra Miller. He does not deserve our money. <laughs> right. And then we got Blue Beetle... August 18th, and then we got Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom coming December 25th. So we got four movies from DC coming this year, and I think only one of them is I'm, I'm excited for now is that's Blue Beetle. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. 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 I mean, the rest of it seems like garbage at the moment. I mean, yeah. If you're, you're, you're scrapping it, like right now you're just, you're just pulling for money. I get that you put a lot of money into these projects so you, you want to people to see them, but... It's it seems like a low thing to do, especially everything that's happening. You know, like if you're if you're you're redoing, you're rebooting, man. I mean, the only one that's like relevant technically of the three that I don't want to see is the Flash because they're using that as a way to reboot. Exactly. But I fucking don't like Ezra Miller. He's an ass of a person. Yeah. You know, he doesn't even deserve to be in this movie. He doesn't deserve to have any credit. He doesn't even deserve to be a, to be free yeah. in the fucking world right now. He deserves to be in prison, which is ridiculous that we are even talking about this. I know. Well, they, they want to keep him, so I'm sure. They I, I think, keep I think it's so all PR, though. I think it's all PR. I just think they... They want the movie to do well, so they're not going to talk bad about Ezra right now, saying he's working on himself. Yeah. And then after the movie, uh, I'm 95% sure they're getting rid of that that guy, dude. He's caused way too much issues. Even if he is working on himself, work on himself outside of this of this DC universe because it's make he's making the, the whole company look bad, worse than they already do. So just get someone who's mentally I I- stable. I mean... I, 
It's fine if he's working on himself, but do it outside of this universe, please. Yeah, I I think uh, it's time to move on. I mean, it's been a shit show with with uh, Warner Brothers and DC and and that whole thing. So, yeah, yeah. The only one I'm looking forward to is is Blue Beetle as well. Yeah, it looks I feel cool. Like we're wasting our time. We're wasting our time with Aquaman and Lost Kingdom because it has no relevance. <laughs> I know it's done. We are never talking about this story ever again after this movie. Like, exactly. who cares? And because uh, they're rebooting Aquaman too. I'm pretty sure that Jason Aquaman. Momoa is not going to be Aquaman after this either. So, it's, but there's a huge talk of him playing Lobo. So. Right? Yeah, I heard heard that. Heard I mean, that. they kind of they kind he kind of hinted towards it. So, I mean, I know I, could, I would love to see it. He said one thing that that uh, James Gunn said was that he's not double casting um, um, Jason Momoa. But the thing is. You're scrapping the Aquaman I know. franchise. So that's the only thing that we needed to know. Yep. You're basically saying you're scrapping that. But you're going to give him Lobo. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Anywho's. Anywho's. Um, yeah. Anywho's. Uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods. I don't find it to be relevant. I don't think I'm going to see it in the theaters. Like, just because at this point it doesn't matter. Like, I... I'm tired of seeing movies that have no relevance to anything in the universe that they're they're being built in. Yep. If it does, if they're scrapping it, I don't care. So at this moment, it's just Blue Beetle. Honestly, yeah. it's just Blue Beetle. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. So we'll uh, see that on August 18th, I guess. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's going to be in theaters or if they're just going to release it on HBO Max, but. I'm pretty sure they're going to release that one in theaters, but we will see. Uh, but that, yeah. Were there any other things you wanted to bring up, Stephen? Can't wait to see Last of Us, whether it be on Friday or this weekend. That's right. Yeah, so it's a pretty big week coming up. So we got Friday, we got The Last of Us, Episode 5. Sunday, we have the Super Bowl. And if you're listening from this, for, with <laughs> if you're listening to this outside of the U.S., the Super Bowl is a uh, football. It's American football, <laughs> and that's it's a pretty big day. It's the championship, pretty much. And then on Tuesday, no Wednesday is Valentine's Day, I believe. And then Thursday, right. or maybe that's Tuesday. It's either Tuesday or Wednesday is Valentine's Day. And then on Thursday we got Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania. So this next week is gonna be crazy packed. So, yeah, we got a lot going on, and we're going to be discussing it all. Probably not the Super Bowl. We don't have to discuss the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's not really geek-related. But, yeah, so I think that will do it for this episode of the Flavor of the Geek podcast. And, Stephen, where can the good people find us? Hey, good people. Uh, so <laughs> you can find us on Apple Podcast. You can also find us, find us on Spotify. Both of those places will have... Our full podcast episodes there, all mm-hmm. 51 of them. Anyway, <laughs> you can also find us on a, a little thing called the uh, TikTok. TikTok, uh, you can you can find us there. We have do post videos once in a while. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on Instagram. We have a Flavor of the Geek Instagram account where we post updates, geek-related updates here and there for projects that are being being started or paused or released or actors or crew members being 
hired or fired, all that kind of thing. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. We also have a Flavor of the Geek pod at gmail.com email mm -hmm. that uh, people can use to contact us in any kind of way. That is how you can contact us. Perfect. Thank you very much. So again, this will do that for the this will do that for the episode of Flavor of the Geek, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we talk about all things geek. We love you, and remember, my name is Matthew. My name is Steven. And, and we, we love, love you, you three thousand.